Welcome to the Nanalyze podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit nanalyze.com for more details. Amazon versus Alibaba, AMZN stock versus BABA stock. So if you're an investor in either Amazon stock or Alibaba stock, you're going to want to watch this presentation because we're going to tell you some very interesting things about both companies. Now, before we get into that, I wanted to touch a little bit on China. Uh, it's a fascinating place. So if you put 10 people in a room from that represented the population of this planet, 1.75 of those people would be Chinese. Recently, they've had 800 million folks lifted out of poverty, so that gives them a nice middle class that's helping to boost their economy from within. They're now spending two times what the U.S. spends on travel, uh, but if you see a busload of mainland tourists pulling up, it's the bane of every tour operator everywhere. That's just how it is. 996 work ethic. So that means um, starting work at 9 a.m., finishing at 9 p.m., six days a week. Uh, Somebody mentioned when we put that up that the Chinese youth are sort of rebelling against that. But when you look at um, how prosperous the country is, generally speaking, there's a very strong work ethic that continues. And part of the reason for that is there's no distractions such as Google, Facebook, or Twitter. Uh, it's surprisingly green. So when I flew into Shanghai this morning, I couldn't believe how many offshore windmills that I saw. Uh, the uh, solar deployments in China far exceed any other country, and um, what they're doing when it comes to being green um, extends all the way to the fact that even in the hotels here now, you can't get uh, single-use amenities anymore, and they charge you a whole bunch of for bags. It's, there's a whole green push going on in China that's not apparent unless you um, walk the streets of uh, a big Chinese city. Six of ten female billionaires are Chinese. Uh, they're very industrious. They don't spend a lot of time complaining. They just get down to business and work as hard as the males do. And that's because opportunity abounds. And I couldn't be more bullish about China's prospects, but at the same time, I can't emphasize enough how many landmines there are here for investors. So that's a topic that we covered more recently in this piece titled, the dangers of Chinese stocks, a warning. And I'll put a link to all three of these research pieces in the description of this video. The one on the far right, how to invest in the Amazon of China, that was about Alibaba. And when we published that piece, Baba was our biggest single holding. And then shortly after that, we sold off Baba uh, after publishing this piece, a big bear thesis for Alibaba stock. And what it came down to was that the VI structure was something that we couldn't overlook. Now, we had originally invested in Baba because of Jack Ma, somebody who that I, I really admire. And then when he uh, left his leadership position, we saw that as a red flag and also uh, dug into the VI structure risks, something that we really hadn't considered. And um, I think this SEC warning in July of 2021, so before the geopolitical tensions started rising again, this really sums it up. For U.S. investors, the VI structure arrangement creates exposure to the China-based operating company, though only through a series of service contracts and other contracts. Neither the investors in the shell company stock nor the offshore shell company itself 
have stock ownership in the China-based operating company. And SEC Chair Gary Ginsler says, I worry that average investors may not realize that they hold stock in a shell company rather than a China-based operating company. Exactly. That's a huge problem. And it's exacerbated by the geopolitical volatility that you see now. So when I was putting together this slide, I pasted this um, picture here on the left. It says, bye-bye pandas. Amid curdling U.S.-China relations, zoo loses beloved beasts after 51 years. That was published on November 8th. And then look here a, a week later. Earth is big enough for U.S. and China to succeed, she says, as he meets Biden. And then the accompanying article there says, she signals more pandas will come to the U.S. So those poor pandas are put into a plane, taken out. They don't know where they're, whether they're coming or going. And that sort of uncertainty or volatility is it only increases the risks of um, vi structures and investing in China as a whole. And we see uh, the variable interest entity, what, what's depicted here, that attempts to bypass Chinese laws that limit, limit foreign direct investments. Uh, this is a showstopper for over 500 Chinese stocks. And people will say, well, what about BlackRock and Vanguard? Well, you need to consider passive investing versus active investing. And they'll also point to Buffett, say, well, Buffett invested in uh, BYD. Well, BYD isn't a VI structure. So um, let's get into talking about Amazon versus Alibaba. Here you can see the size of these two companies. So Amazon dwarfs Alibaba with a much larger market cap. And since we have market caps, we can calculate simple valuation ratios. For Baba, it's 1.72. For Amazon, it's 2.75. Now, according to the experts, Baba should trade at a 30% discount for VI structure risk. And if you do that discount, then it pretty much lines up. Both of these companies seem to be trading uh, roughly around the same valuation. Now, when you look at revenues, here on the left, you can see annual revenues for both Alibaba and Amazon. Again, Amazon dwarfing Baba, which is puzzling. And we're going to talk about why that is. And then on the right here, you can see quarterly revenues for both companies. And they both have um, a seasonal fourth quarter there, as you can see. Now, when we look at revenues for Baba, it's important to focus on RMB because then it removes the currency adjustments, which can be confusing. So when we do that for um, Alibaba's revenues between 2022 and 2023, we see that total China e-commerce is actually down 1.5%. Well, that's, that's curious there. And then if we look at cloud, we see that's up 2.6%. That's very low when you compare that number to the other hyperscalers out there. And the total revenue growth for Alibaba between 2022 and 2023 was only 1.8%. Now, something's not adding up here, and it isn't the slowing revenue growth. It's something else. And before I get into that, I wanted to ask you to please like this video. And if you're not a subscriber, please subscribe to this channel. It supports our work. You notice we're not running ads. We need your help. So if you like this, it shares our message, and we put out lots of great content. You can enjoy that as a subscriber for free. Now, I wanted to point to this page by the U.S. International Trade Administration, which is frankly an absolute mess. So if you're going to be the leader of the free world, at least demonstrate some competency when it comes to putting together pages that talk about your quote-unquote competition. Here you can see the, some of the facts taken from that page. So the chart in the upper right shows the growth of e-commerce sales in China, and that's something that 
uh, we're going to look at a little bit closer and try to figure out, try to rectify those numbers against what BABA is actually doing in revenues. Now, let's read some of these facts. So in 2021, retail e-commerce sales amounted to approximately $5.2 trillion worldwide, okay? That's a big industry. China's the largest e-commerce market globally, generating almost 50% of the world's transactions. So when we do the math, 2021 e-commerce sales in China were $2.779 trillion. So that's close enough when you consider global e-commerce sales. But then this fact here, Alibaba's Taobao and Tmall have a close to 51% market share, followed by JD.com at 16, Pinduoduo at 13.2. So why does Alibaba not have at least a trillion dollars in revenues? Again, if e-commerce and sales in China were $2.8 trillion in 2021, then if Alibaba has half that market share, you would expect they'd have over a trillion dollars, not even close. And when we look at what's going on with Amazon, we can easily rectify that. So let's do the same thing for Amazon. Here you can see this number. Amazon has 37.6% market share of United States e-commerce, followed by Walmart, Apple, eBay. You see down the list there. So when we run the math here, we can see that the United States had eight point or $811 billion in 2022 e-commerce sales. Now we take the market share times that we get 305 billion. Look, that's pretty close to the 315 billion that Amazon realized in 2022 for North America e-commerce sales. Their math seems to add up. And when you look at the growth of e-commerce in the United States, it's expected to grow from 2023 through 2027 at a compound annual growth rate of 9%. That bodes well for Amazon. Now when we look at their segments here, this is important to pay attention to. North American e-commerce, 13%. International e-commerce, look how that's declined. That doesn't bode well for the growth of that segment, right? If they can't seem to capture market share in other places where it should be pretty easy. And then, of course, Amazon Web Services, you see that strong growth of 29%. Consolidated there, we see a 9% growth for Amazon between 2021 and 2022. That's pretty good. But when you look at where they're actually making money. And I just, this uh, table never ceases to amaze me. So if you look at the operating income and losses for these three segments in 2022, you see North America is actually losing money compared to the year prior. Uh, international losing a significant amount of money. And look at Amazon Web Services, how much cash they're generating. So they're, they're the uh, cash cow that's holding up these other two segments. And when you look at that significant drop for 2022, why? Well, they give the same reason for both segments, increased fulfillment and shipping costs, due in part to increases in investments in our fulfillment network. So let's hope that those investments then... Um, result in rewards down the road. And then they talk about increased transportation costs and wages, rates, incentives, etc. Now, when we look at that, it makes you wonder how you ought to classify Amazon. So we can turn to MSCI. MSCI developed the GICS structure. And when I worked there for 
uh, decade, um, we had a lot of questions around this, and it's really interesting to take a look at how MSCI classifies companies. So they say this, a company's revenues often provide a more stable and precise reflection of its activities than earnings. That's what we do here at Analyze. We look at revenues to see what a company does. They say here, furthermore, industrial and geographical breakdowns of revenues are more commonly available than earnings broken down the same way for most companies. Correct. That's why we use revenues. And then they say this, nevertheless, company valuations are more closely related to earnings than revenues. So earnings remain an important secondary consideration in a company's industry classification. And then they say this, in addition to revenue and earnings, market perception is also recognized as relevant for classification purposes. So how do they classify Amazon? Well, it's interesting. Here's how they do it. So they say here, uh, for Amazon, they looked at 2022 numbers there. They take online stores plus physical stores plus third-party seller services. They consider those to be broadline retail, and that exceeds the 60% threshold, right? So that's, uh, what, 60, 70% total. And they describe a company's business activities as those that generate more than 60% of the company's revenue. So that's where they've classified Amazon. You can see here, the sector is consumer discretionary, and then it goes down from there to broadline retails, the sub-industry. Now, sometimes what you can do is unlock value by spinning out a segment that would normally command a richer valuation. So cloud services are more richly valued than retail. So if Amazon spun that out, then they could potentially unlock value for shareholders, and that's precisely what... Baba wants to do. Here you can see Baba actually has six segments. And what's a couple interesting things here. So 67% of Baba's revenues are from China e-commerce, but that pales in comparison to the trillion dollars that they should have in revenues. And remember that this is RMB. The actual dollar amount is much smaller. Uh, the dollar amount, let's see, comes in at um, right around 100 and uh, say 130 billion dollars, so um, far less than the trillion dollars that you would expect them to have. But what's interesting here is that the profitability for their China commerce segment is really good. It's 30% operating margin compared to Amazon's blended. That's combining Amazon's cloud segment, which is as we know is the most profitable, with their other segments. Amazon's record of 8%. Why is Baba so profitable? Um, cloud for Baba, though, is only 9% of revenues compared to 16% for Amazon, but it's also uh, profitable like Amazon. So when we look at the progress that Baba is making and spinning out these different units, this one uh, unit here, Canayo, I may not be saying, I'm likely not saying that correctly, is a logistics company that Alibaba launched jointly with eight other companies. And it's the first subsidiary to be separated from Baba since the uh, e-commerce giant announced its breakup into six units earlier this year. Now, they applied for a Hong Kong IPO. And regulators are now focused on their relationship with Baba, asking for information around business dependency related transactions. That's good because you have to be very careful about related party transactions and duplication in customers and suppliers. That's interesting. They're, they've also been asked to explain Baba's logic, principle and arrangements in spinning off assets for listing and offer details of listing plans by other units. And guess what? 
All of a sudden, just today, breaking news, BABA says that they're not going to spin off their cloud division. So just some thoughts on BABA and Amazon from what we've looked at so far. Um, the e-commerce numbers aren't adding up for BABA. I think we now have more questions than answers. Uh, for us, investing in a buy structure is not an option. And now that BABA's cloud division spinoff is no longer happening, that's... Um, Rather curious, we saw the shares drop a bit on that news, and that's because they won't be unlocking that value. Uh, in our opinion, exposure to China is probably best served with an ETF. We, our exposure to um, Asia and China is in the form of funds. Uh, it's okay to be extremely bullish about China and be critical of Alibaba at the same time. You'll see a lot of Baba bulls talking about how um, China is just uh, th this tremendous opportunity. It is. But that doesn't mean that uh, Baba is a good investment necessarily. Um, would Amazon's cloud division and e-commerce segments be more valuable if operated independently? Probably. And uh, it's curious as to whether or not they would ever um, split their cloud segment off, although it's propping up the rest of the business. Now, there are three ways that Amazon can grow. Uh, E-commerce can grow as a whole. And that's probably going to happen because in the U.S. now, they can't control retail theft anymore. So bricks and mortar stores are going to be going the way of the dodo for whatever reason. Uh, international expansion plans need to see success. And if they can't increase those revenues, then um, that's a problem, right? That's one of their three main segments. And then cloud computing growth uh, spend is expected to double by 2026. So we would expect to continue seeing that segment to do very well. Now, just to conclude, both these companies have a lot of similarities. Both seem to be best served splitting off retail from cloud. Investors or potential investors in BABA need to be very wary of buy structure risk in the face of geopolitical volatility. And then the question here, uh, something to think about, just how much of a cash cow does cloud have to be before Amazon gets reclassified from retail to cloud computing? So uh, revenues would have to grow quite a bit for that to happen. But what about their earnings? So I'm going to go ahead and put up another video here that you might be interested in. Before you watch that, please click the Nanalyze logo here on the right. Subscribe to our channel, support our work. Thanks so much for taking the time to watch this today. Thank you for listening to the Nanalyze podcast. If you found this information useful, please share this episode with a friend. This helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you. Want more research like this? Want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding? Head to nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. Thank you for your time.